Thank you, ladies. Open your Bibles again to our text passage of Matthew chapter 11. Put a marker there, and we're going to look at other passages of Scripture. As we notice, the Bible says, But whereunto shall I liken this generation? Last week, both Sunday morning and Sunday evening, I preached on the subject, our responsibility to the culture. And I defined what that is, and without re-preaching those sermons, I would use those as a bit of introduction for the message this morning. How many of you heard the sermon last Sunday morning or Sunday night? Raise your hand. The majority of you did. Often will preach in a place and say, I apologize if I'm preaching a sermon you've already heard. It bothers me a little bit, but doesn't bother me near as bad as preaching a sermon I know you've heard, but you don't remember. And, uh, but anyway, this morning, uh, I'm preaching on the subject, this generation. Heavenly Father, I pray that you'd bless in presence and power. Help us to have an understanding. Help us to have a desire to learn. I'll not be entertaining in the message this morning. I will be engaging if we will think and use our minds to see what you want us to see in this and other passages of Scripture. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Jesus is speaking of a generation of people who have become self-educated and self-dependent to the place that they saw the prophets, John the Baptist, who Jesus said was the greatest preacher to ever preach, and even Jesus himself as out of date, out of touch, and unworthy to listen to. Now you would think that this generation would be a happy group of people because they've not uh, yielded to what they've been taught. They have not, uh, they have not uh, followed the instruction of their fathers. They are their own thinkers, and they're out of the box, and they're doing their own thing. And you would think that they would be a happy group of people, but they're not. In this passage, they're fussing, and they're fighting, and they are arguing with one another because it's tough to get along when everybody thinks he's right, and God is wrong. It's interesting to note what the Bible says about generational behavior and generational decisions. This word generation has been an interesting one to study uh, this week. And when he uses a word generation, it can refer to family. It can, re, uh, it can refer to a, a group of people. But he's talking about a group uh, where a mentality has permeated the entire society or culture, if you will. And they have, they have permeated their mentality with this idea, I'm smarter than God and I can do this better than he can. So let's see what the scripture says about this generation. Take your Bibles and go with me to Psalm number 78. Just about the very middle of your Bible, Psalm number 78. It's a wonderful chapter. It's a chapter difficult for me to read because I want to preach every verse. It's such a powerful chapter, but I'll stick to the purpose of the message today. He speaks of a generation that leaves serving God and uh, they follow their own path and it takes 
until we get to the next generation or even the next to recognize the pains and penalties of the decisions of the past generation. You see, when you introduce a theory, it's just an experiment. I'm glad my life is not an experiment with God, but I'm glad I know the way that he has told me to take. I know how this life turns out serving God. And I want to follow those who have these theories and these ideas. And it typically takes a second or third or sometimes even a fourth generation to recognize the theories of that generation has brought pain and penalty. And I don't want to travel that path and somehow I've got to get right on the right road. And the purpose of my message today is to say this is the right road right here as old-fashioned as it may seem. Let's look at three verses in Psalm 78, verse number 6, that the generation to come might know them, talking about the wonderful works of God, even the children which should be born, which should arise and to declare them to their generation, I love this phrase, that they might set their hope in God and not forget the works of God but keep his commandments and then he says this and might not be as their fathers a stubborn and rebellious generation a generation that set not their heart aright and whose spirit was not steadfast with God take your Bibles and go to Proverbs chapter 30. Notice he compares the thinking of one group of people or one culture uh, to another and he says uh, there are generations they decide they can do it better than God and they ruin a generation of people and it takes another generation to say hey we need to get back on the right path the path of the word of God. And I want to say this morning, forget about whether it's old-fashioned or not. Old-fashioned refers to dates. Uh, The Bible is not old-fashioned, it's eternal. It always has been, it always will be. And it's a a life of joy and gladness. Notice what the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 30 and verse number 11. There is a generation. This is a, a culture that their thinking has been permeated by theories and ideas rather than truth. There is a generation that curseth their father and doth not bless their mother. There is a generation that are pure in their own eyes and yet is not washed from their filthiness. There is a generation, oh, how lofty are their eyes, and their eyelids are lifted up. There is a generation whose teeth are as swords, and their jaw teeth as knives, to devour the poor from off the earth and the needy from among them. Uh, Psalm 95.10, the Bible says, 40 years long was I grieved with this generation and said it is a people that do err in their heart and they have not known my ways. The Bible says in Mark chapter 8 and verse number 12, and he sighed deeply in his spirit. And he sighed deeply in his spirit and said, why doth this generation seek after a sign? Verily I say unto you, there shall no sign be given unto this generation. Go back to our text passage in Matthew uh, chapter 11. Jesus says uh, in our text passage, whereunto shall I liken this generation? And then he gives an illustration. He said, this culture of people around me, 
they, 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 they've been permeated with the thinking that uh, my way is wrong and controlling and, and uh, that they have the right way. He said, what would I liken them to? And then he gives this illustration. See the marketplace, if you will. If you've ever been to maybe a, a third world country or a country like that where folks, they bring their wares into town every day and they sell either food or, or whatever they have to sell and that's their way of living. And, and, and they're not, most of the time, they're not making a fortune. They're just living. They're just surviving. And they bring into their town uh, their children with them. You'll see their children playing. Jesus said, now how am I going to what would I compare this generation of rebellious people to? They've rebelled against my word. They've rebelled against me. He said, I'll tell you what they're like. They're like children that are playing in the marketplace arguing. And here's what they would do. They would act out weddings or they would act out funerals. They would say, let's say, for example, us six right here are the children in the marketplace and we're playing. We don't have any work to do. You fellas ought to do a good job at this. And, uh, and here's what they would say. All right, today uh, you're going to be the preacher and you're going to be the dead man, all right? You're going to be the dead man. We're going to have your funeral today. And uh, you're going to be a mourner. And uh, you're going to be a singer. And, and you're, well, you can't sing. Uh, you'll be a mourner. And, uh, and, and here's what we do. All right. So here's, and, and they acted like they were having a funeral. That's what Jesus is comparing them to. All right, preacher, it's time to start. All right, dead man, come over here and lay down. You can't move. And... Uh, you might as well lay down. You sleep while I preach anyway. And, uh, and, and so he's laying down. And, 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 and okay, it's time for the preacher. And it's time for the mourners. And the, and the fellow says, I don't want to mourn. I mourned yesterday. I want to be the dead man. And he says, you can get back up. Boy, you're a good dead man. If you stayed there long, I'd have to give you a pillow. And, then you... and, and, and he would say, but I want to be the preacher today. I don't want to be the dead man today. I, I want to be the mourner today. And they just argued. You remember back when we didn't have electronics and we just played together? We played games and we argued. Not loud enough so as mom could tell we were arguing. And then they would have a wedding and they would say, I don't want to marry her. I married her yesterday. And all they did is argue and fuss. And Jesus said, this is like that generation. All they do is argue and fuss. They can never be satisfied. And i tell you why they can't be satisfied. This generation will not follow the truth. And folks, there's only one way to solve the societal arguments and the crime and the building and growing hatred toward law enforcement and, and anything that's good and right is only one way. And that's to have a revival of saying, you know what, God's way is the best way. So I want you to open your Bibles and look at a statement here at the end of the passage that we read. And it is, it, it, it is so powerful. Look at verse 19. But wisdom is justified of her children. You know what he's saying? If you will do right, it might seem difficult and old-fashioned and hard in the beginning, but the result of that 
will be good. The result of what they're wanting to do is going to bring confusion. Take your Bibles and go to Matthew chapter 23. Somewhat of a Bible study this morning on what the Bible says about this culture or this generation permeated with the idea that their way is the best way. May I say this morning, no matter who the wisest man is among us today, his way is not the best way. God's way is the best way. God's way is the right way. And when we take this book and we begin at the beginning that God created Adam and Eve, he created male and female, he said, it is not good that the man should be alone. He gave the man work and then he gave the man a helpmate. And to those he gave children and he told them after the curse of sin that they're to teach them and bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. And that home was a building block of a society. Society. And dear friend, it may not be an easy thing to get up early every morning and go to work and be honest and do what God says to do. But wisdom is justified of her children and our nation will be no better until we return back to the God of that book and to the truths of that Bible. Now notice what he says in Matthew 23 verse number 36. I'm going to give you a sampling and I hope that when you read your Bible uh, later you'll recognize when it refers to generations. Look at this Matthew 23 36. Verily I say unto you all these things shall come upon this generation. <clears throat> oh Jerusalem, Jerusalem here it is again thou that killest the prophets and stonest them which are sent unto thee how often would I have gathered thy children together even as a hen gathereth her chickens under her wings and ye would not behold your house is left unto you. What's the word? Desolate. Destroyed. You see the beautiful picture that he gives. When I was a boy I enjoyed raising chickens as my grandmother had chickens. And I remember a lady in church, she gave me a banny hen about the size of a, a, of a crow, maybe just a little bit bigger, and uh, mean chickens. Later I got bigger chickens because they made bigger pieces of meat. They were better to eat. Uh, but, 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 but those chickens, it, it was an amazing thing. Uh, you know, uh, even uh, uh, those mother hens, they knew when storms were coming. And I remember seeing them, uh, they began to uh, let out that alarm. Hey, a storm is coming and she would, and she'd go around in circles with her wings like this and you'd see the chickens and they'd run to her and they'd run back and to her and back and boy, she would bark at her or, or chirp at one that wouldn't come. Finally, she would get them in and she would just hover over top of them. I watched from the barn as that storm would come. The winds would blow in the heavy rain. And I've seen her sitting there watching the water run off of her. And, and, and her eyes would blink. And then as the storm would pass by. How many of you have seen the picture I'm talking about this morning? And the storm would pass by. And the sun would come out. She would stand up and begin to ruffle her feathers. But all those little chickens, they would be out running around. Jesus said, as the nature of a mother hen is to call her children or her children. 
chicks under uh, her wings in a time of, uh, of harm, in a time of danger. That's what I would have done for you. But you wouldn't listen to the prophets. You wouldn't listen to John the Baptist. You wouldn't listen to the preacher. And your house is going to be left unto you. Desolate, I preach to you this morning, dear friend. The hope for our culture today is not another conservative candidate, though I'm thankful for those. It is not another government program. It is God's people and telling other people that God's way is the best way. Wisdom is justified of her children. Wisdom is justified of her children. Any person or generation of people reject Christ as Savior and reject the truth of the Word of God, they're headed for destruction. It's not a matter of my way's right and your way's wrong. It's a matter of God's way is the best way. It's interesting to me that those who are trusting in God and his word are enjoying life. Even in a time of difficulty, there is a calm. Even with a raging storm, there is a peace. Even with circumstances difficult, there is the joy of the Lord in our heart to know that God is in control. And the worst thing that can happen to the child of God is to die and go to heaven and enjoy the bliss of heaven for all eternity. And yet those that seem to be in control who are not in control, you would think they would have joy and gladness as Cain who did what he wanted to do rather than what his parents told him to do. God asked him the question, I want to ask you, why art thou wroth? If your way is so good, why are you not happy? Wisdom is justified over children. Take your Bible and go with me to the book of Romans chapter 1. Let's look at a few other verses in the message this morning. And the purpose of my message today is so simple. It is to simply say God's way is the right way. Hey, teenagers, God's way is the right way. Hey, children, God's way is the right way. Grandparents, God's way is the right way. Don't you let the crowd that has rebelled against the truth of the Bible lead you and guide you and influence you. You let God's way influence you. Wisdom is justified of her children. Romans chapter 1, Romans chapter 1. Notice what the Bible says of this generation. Romans chapter 1, look at verse number 22. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. Now how did they do that? What, what, what is the description or definition of that? Verse 23, and change the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like a corruptible man and to birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. Look at verse number 25. Who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the creature more than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. I declare unto you this morning that our creator God is to be worshipped and his word is to be believed and to be practiced. And that is the message today. His way is the right way. Amen. Folks, we live in a day of education. More, folks, uh, more focus is given and more money is spent on education today than in the history of mankind. But I want you to think about it. Consider it. 
that it is an education of man that begins with the rejection of God. And the Bible says wisdom, the beginning of wisdom is the fear of God. The fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. The fear of God is the beginning of knowledge. We live in a day of education, and yet we live in a day. This week they said in the summertime alone, last summer in the state of Kentucky, more than 8 million meals were prepared and delivered to children in our state because children did not have a mom and dad to fix them a lunch to eat. And the government has taken upon themselves eight million meals. Do you know God's way is the best way? Here's God's way. God's way is one man for one woman rearing their children, that man working and providing for his children. Folks, we have the idea today that it's all right just to abandon. It's all right just to throw children away. We have to understand that generation is headed for desolation and the only hope is not another program. We are programmed out. We are in debt. We've got to get back to God's way. Men having character and working to provide. A life of morality. A life that recognizes sin is ugly and painful. This generation without God and without his word, there is no way they can find joy and gladness. I declare to you today, hey, young men, read the word of God. Young ladies, Read the word of God. If the only education you ever had in life is to read the Bible from God being the creator in Genesis to being the coming judge and king in the book of Revelation, if that's all you had, at least you could survive and enjoy this life. A generation that professes themselves to be wise and yet they're fools. Take your Bibles go to 2 Timothy chapter 3. 2 Timothy chapter 3. Notice what the scripture says here. It talks about this generation again. This generation is permeated with theories. This generation is permeated with their own uh, uh, narcissistic ideas that I'm right and, and uh, everybody is supposed to make me happy. Notice what the Bible says in 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse number 5. Having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof. Uh, this speaks of a group of people who make things look religious. Hey, folks, we didn't come here this morning to play any games. We came to have church. We didn't come to hear from a man. We came to hear what God says in his word. And we've come to the place today that we make everything appear to be a little religious. You know, most groups, they'll call in a preacher to make their activities appear religious. 
I don't know how many times I've invited, I've been invited to pray at big activities, and I, I was invited to pray one time. They was having a, a, a political uh, meeting of some kind. They said there'd be about 4,000 people uh, to, uh, uh, at that meeting, and we'd like for you to address the crowd and then pray before the meal. And I said, what, what are you serving at the meal? And they told me, and I said, I don't mean the food. What are you drinking? They said, well, we're drinking alcohol. I said, you want me to bless it? You really want me to speak for three minutes? Now you think about that. You want me to speak three minutes and then you ask me, what verse would I use in the Bible to bless it? I said, well, I'm not coming to bless that mess. They wanted to give me an award being some kind of a person in Kentucky and they told me all about the banquet and said an open bar. I said, give it to somebody else. I'm not interested in that. I'm not interested in making the worldly look religious. Nor am I interested in having a form of religion but denying the power thereof. Now my wife and I have five children. We have three boys and two dramas, you know that. And, uh, and, and, and so through my lifetime, I've had a few teas with the girls and baby dolls. I've had, I've had, I've played the game, you know, where you sit down and, and daddy, you sit right here and you're supposed to sit like this. And, and you, you, some of you fellows that have girls, you know what I'm talking about. And they set those baby dolls down there. They have a form of life, but denying the power, they're not really alive. They look alive. And I'm going to tell you, church is not made to sit down and act like we're having tea with baby dolls and religious activity. Church is about God meeting with us, dear friend, and understanding that God's way is the best way. I want you to take your Bibles. and I want to show you this. Look at verse number 1. Look at verse number 1, 2 Timothy chapter 3. This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy. And, and here's a statement I want to give you about that. We have a youthful generation with great potential. But youthful generation without potential. I mean, youthful generation with potential but without Christ is danger rather than freedom. This is a group of folks that are supposed to be loving others, appreciating what they have in the last days. Folks, may I say, not everybody has to be a part of this last day description. We can decide we are going to rear our children. And I know you're here this morning because this is what you desire. You, you didn't come to church here because you were looking for a social club because that's not how our church is advertised. You knew when you came you was going to hear the Bible. And folks are here this morning because they desire for their children to do right and to know right. But we have a day where there's much potential. And yet potential without truth, potential without Christ is trouble. Folks say to me often, what do you do with a strong-willed child? And I say, well, I love strong-willed children, especially boys. Strong-willed boys, they're like canoes. They go best when paddled from the rear. <laughs> and, and, and I like strong-willed children. But that will must be taught the Word of God. 
I don't have time to finish this morning. Here's what I want to say. This generation is permeated with ideas and thoughts. And if we're not careful, we're going to grow up in church, but we're going to let our children allow electronics and television fill their minds with theories and ideas that don't work. It's not enough to have one of these in your backpack. It needs to be in the mind and heart. It's not enough to have one of these on the coffee table to hold the doily down for an appearance of a Christian home. That Bible needs to be read to our children in the home. I want to say among this generation and this generation that Jesus spoke about, we can rear a generation of children to love God. Stand with me and I'll finish the message on time here. We must rear on purpose. We can't expect our children to know. We must rear our children on purpose to love God. Let me say to you, dads, read the Bible to your children in your home. Don't, don't, don't be ashamed to open this book up and read the Bible and pray with your children. Before you, before you eat your meal today, you ought to bow your heads and thank God for the food that he's provided. Not only to be thankful to him, but to let your children know God's blessed the work of our hands. He's the one that's provided. It's him that we're to be thankful for. We cannot let this culture that's been permeated with ideas and philosophies of man that rejected the truth of the prophets and, 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 and uh, John the Baptist in Christ to control our lives. Oh, how we need the truths of the Bible. God's way is the right way. Heavenly Father, oh, how I plead in my heart those not only here, but those that are watching online understand it's not a religious fix we need on Sunday. It's a daily walk with you that we need in our lives. I long to see another generation of children love you because they know you. Read the Bible because they've learned to read your word and to know it. Oh, God, help us to see that wisdom is justified of its children. We see the product of wisdom and oh, how we need that. I pray for those that may be here today unsaved that they would trust you as Savior. I pray for those today that are not walking with you and serving you as they should, that they would determine today, I'm going to get in the will of God and I'm going to serve him with my life. Bless our invitation in Jesus' name. Amen.